0: Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the second hour of the program, six after the hour. Let's get going. The phone number, if you want to be on the show, it is Friday, so we're looser with the calls. You can call in and help set the agenda. It is 877-973-7425. If you're listening, just as a matter of housekeeping, I'm trying to be polite here. Uh, on a Cox media group station, uh, my flagship station, WSP is owned by Cox and, uh, their normal host for the midday show is under the weather mark K. He will be back. Uh, I don't know if you're getting me twice today or not. Usually I'm in delay on those stations. Nonetheless, I'm here now and we must discuss a lot, but it's also Friday and, uh, you know, we've all got that crud in the South here, at least from the weather changing so rapidly. So I'm totally willing to let you guys do some of the talking today just because uh, I can feel my voice just, my gosh, I'm like the only well person in the house, and I'm the one with the concussion. So nonetheless, I'm going to start this hour with Arthur, who has been waiting patiently. Arthur, welcome. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? So
1: I'm, I'm good. I'm outside hiking, and it's a beautiful day, by the way. Oh, I'm so jealous. here's my question. You. You mentioned that uh, Sotomayor is uh, misinformed on whether uh, unvaccinated people or vaccinated people can get Omicron. So a couple of weeks ago, you were talking about Biden's chief of staff and how he really does all the work and pulls together briefing documents and makes recommendations and all that. So I'm wondering, is it the same way with the Supreme Court justices that they just have this? Big staff of support lawyers pulling stuff together for them, and she just
0: reads what she wants to read. Yeah, look, that could be it. They they all have law clerks, and the law clerks help them prepare for oral arguments. Uh, They do the the deep dives. They do the briefings. Now, the Supreme Court justices tend to read the legal documents themselves uh, and then have others give input, and then they give guidance to the law clerks on how they want the opinion to go what they want to do, how they want to shape it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But oftentimes, that real-world data uh, is the data that they themselves have gotten out there. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if she pulled it off MSNBC. It sounds like stuff they're talking about on MSNBC that's not true. Maybe a law clerk gave it to her, but my gosh, I hope someone afterwards pulled her aside and said, hey, uh, hey, that th- that's not true, Sonia. Um, I have heard a story, however, that even among the Supreme Court justices, going back to when Ruth Bader Ginsburg was there, that Sotomayor is perceived as less than pleasant to deal with. Uh, a, a Someone who would know, let me just put it to you this way, without revealing sources, someone who would know uh, says she has a very distinctive walk down the marble halls of the Supreme Court and that when Ruth Bader Ginsburg would hear her coming, she would close her office door. <laughs> I like
1: it. Hey, I, I have heard one that.
0: More no. follow up. Hey, look, Arthur, I got I to gotta ask you, where are you hiking?
1: At the Chattahoochee River National Recreation Area in the oh, uh,
0: Cochran Shoals Unit. That is a, a, a gorgeous area, and I'm really jealous you're outside while I'm inside. and It looks like I got some kind of cloudy but blue skies outside. I need to go hit golf balls after the show now that I'm allowed to.
1: <laughs> well, Listen. my golf course is closed today, so that's one of the reasons. I'm a volunteer with the park, but ah. uh, my golf course is closed. So I usually well, hike in the morning and golf in the afternoon.
0: Mine is is closed on Monday. I haven't seen a thing. Our our golf course got so muddy the other day, they had to close it for part of the week because we got so much rain. But all right, I will let you go there. You enjoy the hiking, man. I'm I'm jealous of you, though. I appreciate your call. Love the show. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, The phone number here, 877-973-7425. Before I get to the rest of your phone calls, so y'all just be patient with me. We got a lot of stuff to get through in addition to your calls but I, I've got to I gotta deal with something, and I'm just I'm sorry. If this doesn't make you mad, I think it should make you mad. And if I'm making you mad by talking about this in the way I'm going to talk about it, then I think there's something wrong with you as much as you might think there's something wrong with me. This is Kamala Harris. I apologize for playing you the Vice President of the United States but this is what Kamala Harris said yesterday about January 6th.
2: Dates that occupy not only a place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941, September 11th, 2001, and January 6th,
0: 2021. Ah, I'm trying not to say bad words. Y'all can cheer me on to say them, but I would get in trouble, so I won't. Do you know after 9-11 in New York, they had a problem, and they weren't sure at first how to deal with it? Cars. Cars had a problem after September 11th. There were hundreds and hundreds of cars parked at train stations, in parking garages, on the side of the road, and they had no owners. The owners were dead. Had all these empty cars with no one to claim them because their owners, thousands of them, dead. People took their lives knowing they were going to die and they jumped from tall buildings and flew to heaven as they hit the ground. Thousands of Americans died in a terrorist attack. Pearl Harbor All those Americans died, some drowning, banging on the walls of their ships inside air pockets, begging for help that never came until the air ran out and they suffocated and died. You can go to the USS Arizona Memorial where little bubbles of oil still come up. Americans killed, surprise attack from Japan. Michael Beschloss on MSNBC, I I can't play you the audio because it would, I, I, I would cross a line I can't cross on radio. He compared January 6th to the Holocaust. Do you know the population of Jews on planet Earth today is less than it was in 1930? That's how many people were exterminated by the Nazis. The BBC this morning put up a tweet. Exploring the decline in Yiddish, why is Yiddish used so much less now than the mid-20th century or the early 20th century? The Holocaust, duh. I think it is exceedingly irresponsible rhetoric to compare January 6th to September 11th, 2001, the Holocaust or Pearl Harbor. If you can show me the video of people jumping to their deaths from the dome of the United States Capitol to escape the bison-helmeted brain biblical donkey, then yes, maybe there's a comparison. But unless you can show me the hundreds of people who jumped to their deaths and the hundreds of cars left behind by owners who no longer exist because they're dead, shut the hell up. There is no comparison between them and if you think there is you need to recalibrate yourself and your soul and grow up a little bit suck it up January 6 was bad but it was not a coup. January 6 seditious it was not an insurrection. January 6 was unfortunate and it should not be repeated and those involved should be ashamed and they should go to jail. But it was overwhelmingly grandmothers and idiots who wandered into the U.S. Capitol. One dude who looked like Chip Gaines carrying off Nancy Pelosi's podium, he's going to jail. Al-Qaeda did not carry off furniture. Neither did the Japanese smash a window. Al-Qaeda did not wander into the World Trade Center and look around to see what was going on and prop their feet up on the desk. The Japanese did not take a, a tour excursion to Pearl Harbor and mind the velvet ropes. You know, yeah, this is the most, one of the most profound things about the images of January 6th is all those terrorist insurrectionists staying between the velvet ropes instead of spreading out all over the place like, you know, Al-Qaeda did. To say that January 6th is akin to 9-11, is to weaken what happened on 9-11, not to strengthen what happened on January 6th. Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed on January 6th. She was one of the bad guys. She wasn't a good guy. They've tried to claim she was a martyr. She wasn't. She was one of the criminals who tried to smash through glass to open a door so the mob could grab members of Congress trying to flee. They were unsuccessful because of that one officer. One of the officers was beaten. Several of them ultimately died. The most notable one turned out he died of a stroke, I believe. He didn't die from the crowd beating him, as some have complained or said. You know, President uh, Biden, in one of his statements, conflated a police officer who was killed by a nation of Islam, Nutter, claimed that he was killed on January 6th. He wasn't. He was killed by a guy who supported uh, Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam and tried to storm through a barricade at the Capitol. Completely different event. January 6th was not good. It was bad. We should condemn it but we shouldn't conflate it into something more than it was. Have you paid attention to the video? I've paid attention to the video. I I saw the mob going in. They weren't cheering. They weren't Antifa. They were Trump supporters. Some of them had zip ties and masks. Some on the outside. There were some with guns. They did not make their way inside the U.S. Capitol. Someone planted pipe bombs. The FBI can't figure out who that person was. A pipe bomb at the RNC and the DNC. That was bad. It was a bad day. It was not a good day in the history of this republic. It was not the Civil War. It was not 9-11, and it was not Pearl Harbor. And if you can't, Distinguish and nuance and use some shades of gray, you are an idiot. And the vice president of the United States of America should know better, should be ashamed, but she has no sense of shame because she's not a very bright person. Kamala Harris, her deepest thought is her annoying laugh. And that's how much attention she put into this comparison. And you should all be deeply offended. There are no videos of bodies falling from the Capitol Dome, splattering on the ground, the sounds of bombs going off as their bodies burst open as they died. There are no mass graves of empty cars where their owners will not come claim them as there were after 9-11. There was no cloud of asbestos floating through the United States Capitol, through Washington, D.C. on January 6th. There was none of that. There was no massive toll of death. There was no chaos from the sky. There were a bunch of idiots trying to take the law into their own hands who, guess what, were completely unsuccessful, unlike the terrorists on 9-11 or the Japanese at Pearl Harbor. And if you can't actually rationalize that and process it and understand it, maybe you should get offline and off MSNBC and take a breather and get back to reality. And now, Deep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. by Kamala Harris. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425, if you would like to be a part of the program. Uh, A friend of mine who is a lawyer who paid attention to the Supreme Court cases reached out to me during break. Uh, I told you it sounded like they were going to enjoin uh, the OSHA mandate, and he said that uh, in his listening to things, his guess is that yes, but remember they were two separate cases. The other one was the Becerra case, and it wasn't just about the OSHA mandate. They were also arguing about the um Medicare uh CMS vaccine mandate for healthcare workers that was in there as well, which I didn't mention. And he says it sounds like the court may allow that one to go through where healthcare workers working in, in cases with Medicare Medicaid patients and nursing homes will be required to get the vaccine. Uh, the OSHA one in private businesses not involved with it. Uh, sounds like they will be okay. Um, the, the, that injunction will hold and the vaccine mandate for private workers will not go into effect, but don't hold your breath on the CMS one. Sounds like the court was much more open to that when Even Justices Gorsuch, Kavanaugh and Barrett And uh, Thomas, as well, sounded like uh, Medicare has the authority to impose that vaccine mandate. So we will see where these go. But the wide consensus now from left and right is that the OSHA mandate probably is going to get stopped by the Supreme Court and forced to go down to the district court level and have a full and complete hearing and make its way back up to the court. Now, uh, I want to go quick to the phones, 877-973-7425. Brad, you are going to be up next. Welcome to The Eric Erickson Show.
2: Hey, thanks, Eric. I enjoy your show. Thank uh, you. I just wanted to say I've enjoyed I've enjoyed your recipes. Uh, I've made the red beans and rice several times. Oh, great! And over Christmas, over Christmas, I decided to make the gumbo. And uh, of course, I had a lot left over. I have a uh, young lady we adopted and a foster girl that are living with us, and they thought it was a little spicy. But I also have a neighbor who uh, we had hired to do some yard work. He had told me that his wife was in prison. So uh, during those couple of days while I was off for Christmas, I noticed that there was a woman sitting on his front porch. So he had also told me that she was a Cajun. And so I decided to uh, take some of the gumbo, put it in a cup, and, you know, kind of cover it up and go over to his house and welcome her to the neighborhood. So... When we got there, I had taken uh, uh, two girls with me, one's 10, the uh, foster girl, the other girl's 14, and we pull up and say hello, and this lady comes up, and she is missing several of her front teeth and had a little bit of a Cajun accent still, but she kind of freaked the girls out because she didn't have her teeth, (laughs) but she also had tattoos Uh and yeah, so they uh uh we they actually asked us to pick them up something at the store because they don't have driver's licenses. Uh-huh. So we did and on the way back she heated up the gumbo and tried it and she just uh thought this was fantastic gumbo. She talked about Justin Wilson. Oh yeah. So I just wanted you to know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just wanted you to know that you got a thumbs up from a Cajun ex My people. Toothless. Listen,
0: that makes my day. Brad, I I got about 30 seconds here, but that makes my day. Thank you so much for sharing the story. If you all want the the gumbo recipe, if you go to EWerickson.com, that's the show website. You can get the live stream. we got a 24-7 feed and a live feed. The live feed is what I'm saying right now, 12 to 3. The 24-7 feed repeats that then from 3 p.m. uh, to the next 3 p.m., Uh, but then there's a recipe tab. You can get my gumbo recipe there. I made it over Christmas break as well. Interestingly enough, my mother-in-law didn't think it was spicy enough. I, I left out some of the cayenne I normally put in because, you know, she's a Yankee. She's from Southern Illinois, although that's not much of being a Yankee. But nonetheless, I um I did that, and uh, they wanted more spice. But, man, it was good. I haven't made gumbo in a while. My, my buddy, I got a federal judge friend of mine down here. I need to make gumbo for him and his wife. Uh, they'll eat it with me my family won't eat my gumbo because they don't like shrimp and crab and crawfish but nonetheless the rest of us do 877-973-7425 is the number you can go to ewerickson.com get that gumbo recipe we'll be back in a minute hello there it is eric erickson here the phone number is 877-97-ERIC-877-973-7425 if you'd like to be a part of this here program it is Friday, so we're more generous on allowing you through. And right now, I want to go to Bob. Bob, welcome to The Eric Erickson Show. Good afternoon, Eric. I was Hi listening there. to what you were saying earlier.
1: And it dawned on, I realized, having listened to Biden
2: and Harris yesterday, and the, the relationship they were trying to make to 9-11 and Pearl Harbor and the Holocaust, that what they've done is insulting. and descendants of those people or the relatives and defame those who lost their lives during those.
0: Events. I think that's well said. It, it is, I mean, it really does a, uh, I mean, it's a memory wipe on what actually happened at those times compared to January 6th. Uh, my buddy, Jason Shepard, uh, up in Cobb County, Georgia, he sent me a link to something he tweeted out and it was a picture is two weeks after, uh, January 6th, and it shows uh, Joe Biden getting sworn in on the front steps of the Capitol and two weeks after 9-11, and it shows the rubble and the people cleaning it out. Um, and I think that's a <laughs> picture's worth a thousand words, and, and that's what it is. Should we maybe show also people rescuing victims of the Holocaust from the concentration camps versus people coming out of the U.S. Capitol on January 6th? There's you a real visual there. I mean, it, it's it's truly, to me, it's it's staggering that anyone would make this comparison. And yet they did. They did make that comparison. They thought it was a good comparison. They thought it was a legitimate comparison. They should be ashamed of themselves for doing. But, you know, they're not. They're not ashamed. In fact, they're doubling down on it. Not only are they doubling down on it, but uh, CBS, uh, Fox News has this poll. CBS News buries poll results on January 6th. A poll released by CBS News is drawing scrutiny. The poll conducted by CBS News and YouGov from December 27th to December 30th asks Americans what happened at the Capitol on January 6th. Descriptions of what happened are also similar to how they were a year ago after it happened, CBS News wrote. People widely call it a protest that went too far, but how much further becomes more partisan? Most Americans, including most Democrats and a fifth of Republicans, call it an insurrection and describe it as an attempt to overthrow the election of the government. The graphic presented four options to the question as well as the results. Eighty-five percent of Democrats viewed it as an insurrection or overthrowing the government. Twenty-one percent and 18 percent of Republicans agreed. of Republicans viewed it as patriotic, 56% said it was defending freedom, something less than 13% of Democrats agree with, the margin of error was 2.6%. While CBS acknowledged in its report that Americans widely called a protest that went too far, the network significantly downplayed the bipartisan nature of that response. For starters, a protest that went too far was the overwhelming favorite of the people who participated in the polling. 76% agreed. With the characterization, the second most popular result was trying to overthrow the election and keep Donald Trump in power with 63%. Both of those options were omitted in the graphic. Meanwhile, an insurrection, which came in a distant third at 55% of Americans, was kept in the graphics. In other words, overwhelmingly, 76% of Americans believe it was a protest that went too far. But. CBS, like NBC and ABC and CNN and MSNBC want to push the insurrection coup narrative. So that's what they went with. Uh, You know, they're overplaying their hands on this stuff. But they kind of have to overplay their hands on this stuff. They they really don't have an option to do anything other than overplay their hands on this. And the reason is because, I mean, what else are they going to talk about? What else are they going to talk about? That's one of the things here that... I think is missed in a lot of the conversation. Seriously, what are they going to talk about? What else is there to talk about? Hmm? Jobs. Oh, hey, let's talk about jobs. Yes. Why not? Why not uh, talk about that? Hiring faltered in December as payrolls rise only a hundred ninety nine thousand although the unemployment rate fell to 3.9% as more people take themselves out of the workforce altogether. Non-farm payrolls grew less. The Dow Jones estimate was 422,000 and 4.1% for unemployment. The unemployment number falling sounds good until you realize it's people who took themselves out of the workforce altogether. They no longer count, so the unemployment is down below 4%. Yeah, let's talk about that one, huh? Want to talk about that one? Or um, what about inflation? Shall we talk about inflation? No,pe you can't talk about inflation. Inflation's not going anywhere now. It's no longer transitory. It's going to be around for a while. Let's talk about education. Well, no, we we can't talk about education because schools are closing. The Chicago Teachers Union has staged a walkout. The San Francisco Teacher Union staged a walkout. Uh, Maryland teachers are trying to get the state to shut down schools indefinitely over Omicron. So let's talk about gas prices. They're down a little bit. Beef prices are down. A buddy of mine who's a chef at uh, my favorite restaurant. Uh, texted me the other day because he he saw me post something on Instagram about beef prices being up. and He says, actually, they've come down. Uh, They are coming down. Uh, Other food prices are starting to come down too. That's good. Problem is that inflation overall is not because they're having to pay more for workers in a lot of places and that's affecting prices. So we can't talk about Inflation. We can't talk about the supply chain. I don't know if you've been to the grocery store lately, but there are a lot of groceries that aren't on the shelves. I went the other day, they were out of chicken, and then I went back and they had chicken. They haven't had Powerade and Gatorade in weeks. They were out of toilet paper and paper towels again at the grocery store the other day, although the grocery store manager told me it's hoarders. It's not supply chain issues now. It's the hoarders who are panicked over Omicron who are doing that, but they continue to be out of stuff. They were out of bacon again the other day. And milk prices are still high, y'all. As a family that goes through two gallons of milk a week on average now, milk prices, they're adding up. So we can't talk about it. So, hey, I guess January 6th, that's what we're going to talk about if you're a Democrat because it's the only thing you've got. It's the only thing. You, they can't even really talk about voting rights, and that's part of the issue here. Oprah Winfrey is calling Joe Manchin. So is Barack Obama and Bill Clinton. They're trying to convince Joe Manchin to cut a deal on the filibuster so they can pass voting rights reform. They they want to pass two terrible pieces of legislation, H.R. 1, the For the People Act, which would be a federal takeover of all elections and redistricting in this country and do everything the left wants. And then the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, which would restore provisions of the Voting Rights Act the Supreme Court has struck down. They want to pass both of those. Joe Manchin has said no, he that they need to build bipartisan consensus. He's not willing to scrap the filibuster in a 50 50 Senate. Because if you if you cut it for one thing, you cut it for everything, whether they think so or not. So he's not willing to do it. And they've given Oprah Winfrey his phone number. Now I have to tell you, I have to tell you. If I have, like, I got pet peeves, y'all. Everybody's got pet peeves. I got pet peeves, too. One of my biggest pet peeves on planet Earth is when my cell phone number has been given out. It infuriates me to no end on planet Earth. When I get a phone call or a text message from someone I don't know, and I get it because someone has given them my phone number without asking my permission. I'm willing for people to give my phone number out to other people. I am. My team keeps insisting. I need to get a new cell phone number. The problem is if I got a new cell phone number, all of the people who are the ones most likely to bother me are the people who would bother me with the new phone number. They don't get the new number. So why bother? I've thought about it. And now with, with uh, Patriot mobile, I've got a separate cell phone number and I, I, I need to start using that one more, but it bothers me greatly. In fact, I, I have a, uh, someone running for office who I was supposed to give money to. And I was on the road when I said I would give them some money. And then I totally slipped my mind. I mean, I forget where I was driving. And then, uh, months later I started getting text messages from multiple people for the campaign asking where the money was. And it, Has made me say there is no way I'm, I'm, I'm giving a penny. Not going to do it. Uh, it is inexcusable for anyone to give my cell phone number out, particularly to campaign staffers who, when they go to the next campaign, are going to have my number and start harassing me there. It always happens. It has always happened. You give your number to someone who runs campaigns, they go to the next campaign, they keep your number, they start harassing you about that campaign. Or private emails. My gosh, the number of people who've gotten my private email list and, or email, and now they've gone to another campaign and suddenly I'm on that campaign list. It infuriates me to no end. I I, I just refuse to cooperate with those people. I've blocked all those phone numbers. You give an Oprah Winfrey, Joe Manchin's phone number. I've got to imagine that that actually does more harm than good. You're ambushing Joe Manchin with Oprah Winfrey. I've got to imagine for most people that infuriates them. And how are the Democrats so bad at this? I cannot imagine someone giving out my cell phone number to Oprah Winfrey and having her randomly call me to harass me to vote on something. To have the reasonable conversation. You know, Barack Obama had 60 votes in the United States Senate at one point. They could have gotten rid of the filibuster then. When he had the 60 votes, and they could have scrapped the filibuster then and there. They could have done it. They had the votes to get rid of it, to change the rules. They didn't do it then. Now they've got a 50-50 Senate. And by the way, here's the data point. If you're a Democrat, you need to listen to this. Hello, Democrats. You who believe truth is on your side, let me tell you the truth. The Democrats used the filibuster more each year that Donald Trump was in office than the Republicans have used with Joe Biden in office. Yes, that's right. The Democrats who now say the filibuster is being abused used it more to block more Republican legislation when Donald Trump was president each year of his presidency that the Republicans control the Senate. Did you know that? Did you have any idea? I bet you don't care, Mr. Intellectually Honest. uh, You you don't care. You say the filibuster is being abused until you're confronted with the data that shows you abused it more than Republicans. Oh, well, that doesn't matter now because, you know, our cause is pure and righteous. No, it's just a different political cause. But why let facts get in the way of emotion? All right. Back to the phones we go. Uh, Jeff, you're going to be next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. My mother brought up a really good question last night.
1: She's 83 years old, and she's wondering what happened to the original COVID virus, and then came Delta. What happened to that? Now oh, we have Omicron. That that's Is, great. Are the others just disappearing?
0: Uh, Yes, great question. Uh, Typically what happens in viruses, very much like the Spanish flu, we don't have the Spanish flu anymore, we have the current flu. As new variants come on, uh, a virus like you, let's just think about this in in very basic terms, and uh, forgive me Baptists for using the word evolution here, but, but for a virus, natural selection, survival of the fittest. Uh, The problem is when viruses mutate, they actually don't want to kill you. They want to live. And if you die, they die. So they don't want to kill you. So over time, viruses tend to work out to where the common cold has come for us. So each new mutation, if it's more readily contagious than the last one, crowds out the last one. So we had alpha and then there was beta. Uh, then you got Delta. Now we're, we're all the way to Omicron now. We've had all these other variants in between, including the Lambda, one and the like, but Omicron is way more contagious than the others. So when you get it, you're not going to get alpha, beta, Delta and the like, uh, you're going to get Omicron. And then you're less likely to get it again. Now you can still eventually get it. If there's another mutation and it wants to survive, you can get that mutation, but you're not going to give the old mutations. Um, And so it it crowds out the system. And in crowding out the system, it eventually gets you to a virus that is way more manageable. Like, for example, the common cold, we don't know where it evolved from, but it's a coronavirus, just like COVID. It is from the same species of virus as COVID. And it is just the common cold now. Uh, Or, for example, the flu. The flu was, we believe, I shouldn't say we, scientists believe, The very deadly Spanish flu that killed hundreds of thousands of people over two years on planet Earth during World War I eventually evolved into the manageable flu we have now. Uh, A virus wants to survive, and if it kills you, it can't survive. So typically over time, while a virus might mutate into something far more deadly, it's attempting to mutate into something that can spread more transmissibly without killing the host so that it can perpetuate. So that's what happens uh, in the natural selection evolutionary terms of it. Um, in the Christian terms of it, prayer works. I'll just leave it at that. So please don't send me hate mail. <laughs> All right. I'm to tell you guys about Eden Pure, the air purifier, because speaking of viruses floating around, you know, it actually is filterless but can wipe out the viruses, the bacteria, the mold, the pollen, the mildew, the like. It can wipe stuff out. It can, uh, but it also eliminates odors. It doesn't mask odors, and that's the important thing here. A lot of people, my wife uses diffusers, essential oils. There's nothing wrong with that. It can certainly make the air in your house smell better. But why just try to mask the odors when you can eliminate them with something like the Eden Pure? And it's handheld. It's portable. And right now you can get three of them. You can put one upstairs. You can put one downstairs. You can put one in the basement or your car, your RV, wherever you need to do it. And, and you use a. Um, you can you just plug it into the wall very portable. Right now you can get three of them. You can get all three of them for less than $200 and you can actually save $200 and you get free shipping. What you do is you go to EdenPureDeals.com. Eden, like the Garden of Eden, pure is the driven snow, EdenPureDeals.com. You click on Eric Erickson, you put through the three pack, you'll see the Eden Pure Thunderstorm three pack. Put it in your cart at checkout. You use the discount code. It's ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K, E-R-I-C-K and the number three, ERIC3. When you do that, you get $200 in savings. You get all three of them for less than $200 and you get free shipping. Edenpeerdeals.com. Click on Eric Erickson, the discount code at checkout, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, the number three, no space. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is eight seven seven nine seven eric eight seven seven nine seven three seven four two five. You know, we haven't talked about it in a while. And, and uh, Chris, just if you don't mind, I'm talking to one of my one of my callers who's listen while he's on hold, just just bear with me because I actually want to talk to you about this, but I don't have time right now. I want to do it at the top of the hour. I was going to talk about it anyway. We haven't talked about Afghanistan. you know there's still Americans in Afghanistan? Not only are there Americans in Afghanistan, I was talking to a relief organization the other day uh, and they're still trying to get people out. And I mentioned this before and just confirmed that I'd heard it right because uh, I, I wanted to, to reiterate it. And this particular mission organization, was told that the State Department will not help them unless they commit to diversity in the evacuees. The pause there of silence is intentional for you to process this. The relief organization will not be helped by the State Department unless they commit to a diverse group of evacuees. This particular organization focuses on persecuted Christians. Unless the organization wants to also pull out uh, transgender, uh, gay and lesbian, uh, Muslim and atheist Afghanis along with Christians, good luck. They're not gonna get any help from the State Department. Other nations are helping more. There are still American citizens in Afghanistan that the United States is not getting out. I, 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 we gotta talk about this because the the data there is terrible, but we also need to talk about Kazakhstan. You know, everybody's talking about um, uh, uh, January 6th in Kazakhstan. The president there has given shoot-to-kill orders against protesters, will not negotiate with them. They've got a, a strong man. He's been in power since 1994. He's now behind the scenes. He's still really in charge of the current president. He's a flunky of Vladimir Putin. And Putin is sending in troops, and they're complicit in shooting the rioters and protesters, something that was not done on January 6th. Uh, The whole country is now in chaos, and there's nothing we can do, and it's going to be a hot bit of extremism if something can't be done there. But uh, all this hysteria over January 6th in Kazakhstan, they're shooting protesters who want democracy, shooting them in the street, killing them like the Chinese do. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution. If you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business,